Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. Well, it's another week. Have you noticed how much quieter the weeks have been recently since Donald was thrown off to tweet? Uh, he can't tweet any longer. He doesn't use Twitter. Uh, it's relaxing. It really is. Uh, it's normal. I think we're all, we've all come down a peg or two uh, from the excitement. Every day we were up high. I was up high when I was looking at the news or listening. Now it's much easier. Uh, we've got a lot of t- to talk about today. This was Groundhog Day today. Uh, he didn't stay up. He went back to bed. It's going to be cold for six more weeks. I'm going to cover the background of some of the January 6th protesters. Would you believe that there are some people in this country that want June 14th declared President Donald J. Trump Day already? They want to give him a legal holiday. There'll be some Nobel Prize information, the stimulus plan battle I want to discuss, and more and more and more. So here we go. We're going to stop first along the way before each uh, item discussed. We'll be hitting Gobbler's Knob, Pennsylvania, Washington, D.C., Ohio, West Virginia, Norway, Georgia, Mexico, and California. We start with Groundhog Day. Today it's 725 this morning. They woke the Groundhog Hog up. You have to wake him up. Isn't that amazing? Uh, the same place he always wakes up. Gobbler's Knob. I don't know if I'm going to pronounce the, to pronounce the town's name correctly, but it's Punsutawney, Punsutawney, Pennsylvania. He saw a shadow, which means six weeks of winter he went back to sleep. By the way, I don't know if you were aware of this, but his name is Phil. It's always been Phil. It always will be Phil, no matter who the groundhog is. Uh, because of the coronavirus, except for a very small handful of dignitaries, it was done virtually. Most people watched the uh, rising at 725 from home, from the comfort of their bed, or from a diner when they were having breakfast. Now I want to talk a bit about January 6th, uh, the protesters those who charged up the Capitol steps and vandalized Congress. Uh, Many were white. In fact, the protesters were mainly white. The protesters were mainly white. Young and old whites. Uh, Why were they there? The young were there because they're upset that they obtained college degrees and not could get a job, could not get a job now, paying a decent wage. Or were without a college degree and could not get a decent job also. The old were uneducated whites who expected a certain lifestyle, the same as their parents and relatives, being able to buy a home, educate the children, buy a car, take a terrific vacation once a year, and so forth. No more. They never received the rewards America promised. They are bitter. Good-paying jobs no more. 
stagnated wages for 30 years while the rich got richer off their labors. Now, staying with January 6th, came across an interesting item. Strange what I am about to share. Most of those arrested or identified, you heard me, most of those arrested or identified did not vote in the very election they are protesting. Those white people storming up the steps of the Capitol, most of them had not voted on November 3rd. And here they were out there fighting for, you know, uh, the against the fraudulent election, uh, Biden over Trump. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, they didn't vote, and yet they're storming up the Capitol steps looking for Pelosi to kill, Pence to hang. Absolutely wild. Uh, makes you wonder why they were really there. They didn't care. They didn't care. How could they care if they didn't vote? Which means there's something else behind this. Maybe they just like to do this. It gives them some excitement in their lives. I want to talk about insanity, because I consider what I'm about to share with you insanity. There are two Republican congressmen from the state of Ohio. They want to make June 14th, beginning this year, June 14th, a legal holiday. President Donald J. Trump Day. They're looking for co-sponsors to a bill they will be shortly submitting. All I can say is, I thought about this a little bit, Trump ain't no George Washington or Abraham Lincoln. He and his cult of followers will take over, will have to take over the country before it will happen. I can't believe this would ever happen under existing, the way people are today, the way they're broken up. He and his followers will have to take over the country before it will happen. Also, I've never heard of a person having a legal holiday named after them who were not dead first. And Donald ain't dead yet. Which now brings me to West Virginia. Interesting story about West Virginia. Uh, like every other state in the Union, uh, they've been receiving vaccines. Uh, they, had, they may have had distribution problems, et cetera, et cetera. Well, let me tell you what West Virginia has accomplished. All vaccines delivered to West Virginia have been used. 85% of its people have been va vaccinated. They've vaccinated already 85% of their people. They've used up all the vaccines delivered, or it'd be 100%. They have the second best record in the United States. North Dakota's first. Why? Why is West Virginia so good? Because West Virginia was creative and innovative. Listen to what I'm going to say. They were creative and innovative. They did not activate the federal partnership there is a federal partnership with cvs and walgreen pharmacy chains as most other states have done you can activate it and then the vaccine will go to cvs and walgreens and you go there to get your shots they didn't do it they didn't think it would work for them and they saw all the bad uh the bad record of what was happening with other states so instead they relied on their independent drug stores in west virginia Ma and Pa type operations. People could get vaccinated in the small drugstore. Ma and Pa would also drive to your home if it was a distance away. Remember, West Virginia is rural. Some 40 to 50 miles, some people live 40 to 50 miles away from a drugstore. So at 6 every morning, Ma and Pa were on the road. It worked. That's why 
they accomplished 85% vaccinated so far. Some states might be able to learn something from that. Now we're going to talk about the Nobel Peace Prize. Remember last year, Donald Trump was nominated for the Nobel Peace Award. Uh, Everybody went crazy. The things like me. I mean, how the hell could he get nominated for Nobel Peace Award? Uh, he's the most warlike creature we have had for president in I don't know how many years. Uh, well, guess who got nominated this year? Of course, he didn't win last year, Trump. Guess who got nominated this year? His son-in-law, Jared Kushner, has been nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. Now, I say how terrible, how awful. His deputy, A.B.I. Berkowitz, was nominated also. They were both nominated by Alan Dershowitz. Don't be impressed. Anyone can be nominated by a public official, university professor, uh, anyone elected to office, anyone in some prestigious position. Dershowitz is a Harvard Law Professor Emeritus. He's qualified. He could have done it just as a Harvard Law Professor. Uh, He was also, if you recall, one of Trump's attorneys in the first impeachment trial. Now, why one should not get excited when it was Trump last year and his son-in-law Kushner this year is because each year 300 to 400 people are nominated for the Nobel Peace Award. Okay? 300 to 400. Only one or two are going to win it. So the odds of winning it are very remote. And anybody that's your buddy that's in some kind of a position in life can nominate you. Kushner and his associate got nominated for their role in negotiating for, and I quote, normalization deals. You heard me, normalization deals between Israel and four Arab countries. The document is known as the Arab Accord. It's not a real agreement. Nope. It was called a deal, normalization deal. It is merely a deal. Uh, how the hell could you have a peace accord? We haven't been able to get a peace accord since 1947 or 48 when Israel got made uh, as a Palestinian, I'm sorry, as a Jewish state. Uh, there hasn't been a peace. And there isn't going to be any peace. It was done, I believe, for money. The ability to borrow big time. Uh, remember this. Israel has money. The Arab nations have money. They want to do business with each other. The Arabs want to do business with Israel. Israel wants to do business with the Arabs. They don't, but they don't want to acknowledge. They've become friends in this regard. They're still enemies. They'll still put their more war machines out there to do battle against each other. They're not friends. They're just money buddies. That's all. Uh, and this also opens the door for Israel and Arab countries to do business Directly, because who's going to say, well, they're, they're, they're fighting. They shouldn't be do, doing this. Well, don't you remember the normalization deal that Kushner put together? And so that's what's happening there. Uh, I consider the Republican economic stimulus plan an insult. The, re, the Democrats proposed a plan last year, September, October, uh, August, someplace around there. $1.9 trillion. The money's needed. People are broke. 
Uh, it's the only thing that will save the economy is the government producing money and giving it to the people to spend. Don't forget, like that two thousand dollars they were going to give people. You give people two thousand dollars, they're going to go out and spend the money because they are the least wealthy in society. Most of those who get the two thousand, they're going to spend it right away. When they spend it. They help everyone else in the economy, whether they use the money at a store, a drugstore, a gas station, movie theater, taking the wife out to dinner. The money circulated. Well, what's happening here is the Republicans are being typical. They are negotiating with the Democrats as they have been for the, since Obama got elected. They talk. They conference. They talk some more. They conference some more. Time is running out all the time. It's at the last minute now, and they can't come to a deal. In the meantime, the Democrats have come down on their price on how much, lower and lower. They've been lowballed, okay? I believe Biden, he hasn't become lowballed yet, though he suggests he might take less. For He wouldn't give any of the $2,000 stimulus or additional 1400 to people earning more than 150000 a year. I believe you give it to everyone. He's, he's throwing them a bone, okay? They're not going to take it. They're pigs. They're just going to bust his chops and keep him hanging there and hope to embarrass him and the Democratic Party. Uh, I believe he's being hustled. He wants bipartisanship, our president. And it's good to have it, but I say good luck. Never going to be achieved in this instance. Uh, the Republicans forgot what the word bipartisanship meant years ago, going back to the first time Obama was elected again. This is a war. Democrats want $1.9 trillion. That $600 billion offered by the Republicans is too little and an insult. Okay, there's too wide of a gap. Biden has an out. He can get all of the $1.9 trillion if he wants it. All he has to go is go for is what is called reconciliation. And if he goes through reconciliation to get the $1.9 trillion approved, it could be done like yesterday. And he'll get all he wants. Because it will only take 60 votes to pass. It won't take, it, I'm sorry, 50. It won't take 60. Uh, you need a majority. Uh, that's 51, I'm sorry. We have 50, 50 elected Democratic senators, assuming they all vote together. Camilla Harris, because there's a tie, throws her vote in. Now it's 51-50 in favor of the Democratic vote. They got reconciliation. Uh, So we need it, not me. The people need it. There's too many people are hungry, too many food lines, too many out of work, too many out of their homes. Do you realize people living in abandoned cars are, are, are more today than they were last year? More, more, more. Do you realize kids, young kids, grammar school kids, young kids, first grade, second grade, third grade, uh, they sleep in that car. They get up in the morning. I don't know if they piss in the woods or what they do. They don't brush their teeth. They don't generally get a breakfast. When they go to school, they'll get a breakfast. But even that's gone now because the program for that, Trump failed to renew. (laughs) And what's happening is teachers are spending their own money to bring something to school to feed the kids. Uh, all this would change if we got the uh, $1.9 trillion. $600 billion won't do it, doesn't even close to doing it. We need it. We need it all right now. 
For once, the Republicans should do the right thing. We all know Donald Trump has been having lawyer problems. Last week, his five best lawyers for this second impeachment uh, trial quit. They had a difference of opinion with Trump. Trump wanted uh, the election fraud, as he puts it, the ballot fraud, to be the issue. They said, can't be. This is an impeachment trial. It has nothing to do with it. Uh, You're a definite loser that way. Let us argue impeachment as a legal issue. That's the way this has to be done. He said no to the lawyers. They had a difference of opinion. Finally, the lawyers said, look, we respect you, but it's our way or the highway. And so it was the highway. Uh, You know, as it should be, a patient does not tell his physician how to do brain surgery. The same here. Okay, you can't tell a lawyer how to handle the case. You'll get slaughtered. What the hell does the the client know about the law? Now, Trump's got two new lawyers. They do not appear to be the best. They have represented some big-time clients. However, I do not believe they have ever won a big one. Very simple. They won small cases, nothing of prominence. The, um, The five withdrawing are an indication of the high ethical standards as well as competency that the five who withdrew uh, are held in. Ethical standards, that's gotten forgotten in these 62 lawsuits that Trump brought. Ethical standards, which now brings me to a Georgia attorney. Uh, I have been concerned, and perhaps you, even the lay population have been concerned. Uh, Doesn't the Bar Association get involved in this thing? Don't the judges take the attorneys on who bring the same lawsuit 62 times, election fraud, they, they did this with the ballots, they changed the machine, etc. And when they get to court, the first thing the judge says, what's your proof? You make the allegation, you make the uh, representation, but you got nothing to back it up. You got no witnesses who saw this being done. No one to testify the machines were screwed up. So 61 of the 62 cases were thrown out of court right away. Even the Supreme Court got involved twice on that basis. Okay. Uh, Finally, a bar association, the first one in the United States with regard to these 62 cases, has gotten involved. Uh, One of Trump's attorneys is being called to task by a bar association. His name is L. Lynn Wood, L. Period Lynn Wood, of Atlanta. He has represented Trump directly or indirectly In several of the losing 61 lawsuits, always remember Trump won a minor one, that makes 62. His position, okay, for Trump was always based on conspiracy to commit election fraud, conspiracy being the uh, key word. He is known as a conspiracy lawyer. He sees conspiracy everywhere. There are lawyers like this that see conspiracy or they see this wrong. They see the same thing in every case. They become experts on it. doesn't mean they have to be right. They're the conspiracy lawyer. He's the conspiracy lawyer with regard to commit election fraud. Well, the Georgia Bar Association thought his involvement in many of these lawsuits on the theory of conspiracy to commit election fraud, and then the judges throwing the cases out because there's no facts. Every lawyer knows you have to have facts when you make a representation. The Georgia Bar Association has requested Wood to undergo a mental health evaluation. I'm laughing. A mental health evaluation is 
bar association says, we think you're nuts in effect. We want you to have a mental health evaluation to determine if you should keep your license. He cannot refuse. Refusal's automatic disbarment. However, he's playing the game his way. Wood has decided to fight. Maybe he is crazy. I don't know. He opposes, and he shouldn't be because he's going to, he loses. He's going to get nailed. He opposes the request on the grounds he did nothing wrong, only exercised his right to free speech, which is constitutionally guaranteed. The Bar Association, he says, is violating his constitutional rights. I get a feeling Wood is in for a bad day. Now, the FDA has said this past week, beware, beware, yes, of hand sanitizers. You know, we're all using sanitizers. I mean, I've got everything. i got everything from Clorox to Lysol to PDI or PBI. I don't know what else. i got about 10 different cans of stuff in my kitchen. I, I, I do my hands 18 times a day. I wash them 18 times a day. Anything that comes into my house, I wash down, even my groceries, even my fresh fruits. And then after they set for a few hours, I'll put them under the water because I don't want to ingest the uh, disinfectant, whatever it is. In any event, we're all disinfecting crazy, properly so. This is the age of coronavirus. Now, the hand sanitizers are from Mexico that had the problems. Hand sanitizers coming in from Mexico. This is a deep problem, as you will realize within the next 50, 60 seconds. Uh the FDA, FDA issued the warnings that the FDA has warned they are, and I quote, toxic, blinding, and deadly. Toxic, blinding, and deadly. Also, the package labeling is misleading. In the month of January alone, this month that just ended, in the month of January alone, there were more than 900, 900 accidental poisoning cases which occurred in the United States with regard to hand sanitizers brought in from Mexico. 901 month accidental poisonings. And guess what? And here's where this thing is absolutely terrible, rotten to the core. 600 of those persons who were accidentally poisoned, as they say, were children under the age of five, no less. 600 of the 900 were children under the age of five. Uh, and how are these things toxic? Well, you rub your hands with them, and they're absorbed through the skin. Or some people accidentally ingest them. But in any event, 600, two-thirds of the 900 people accidentally poisoned in the United States in one month alone were children under the age of five. Where are we now? Let's see. Big Sur. You ever hear of Big Sur? You ever been to Big Sur? Big Sur is a highway in California. It's California Highway 1. It's one of the most beautiful highways in the country, perhaps the most beautiful highway in the United States. Uh, I I, I I played Pebble Beach. I believe Pebble Beach is going to be this weekend or the weekend after they're going to have the uh, PGA tournament at Pebble Beach. Watch the course. Watch the golf. What a horrible course. Tough. I'm the world's worst golfer. 
Pebble Beach did me in. I shot 40 points more than I normally shoot. It took me 40 extra strokes to play 18 holes there. It was a killer. Putting that aside, uh, we, we, one of the, we played three or four days. One of our tea times was in the afternoon. I had heard of Big Sur. I never saw it. I wanted to see it. I rented a convertible, and I took a drive on Big Sur. Big Sur runs along the Pacific Ocean. Carmel, you've heard about, California, near San Francisco. It runs for miles. And it's a cliff. The side of California, and at one point for miles, is a cliff thousands of feet, 2,000, 3,000 feet, maybe more, straight down into the ocean. And sometimes along the top, most of the time, a highway has built, been built at the top on the edge, but most of the time that highway has been cut out in the middle of the cliff or the, the two, 3,000 feet uh, overhang. Uh, and below, when you're driving down, uh, Big Sur, and you look down, you see the Pacific Ocean roaring up. You can hear it that high up. Big white waves smashing on the rocks. And guess what else? They have thousands of penguins there. They've got masses of penguins sitting out there in the short water. Uh, and they got a lot of deer, too. When you play golf, they got deer on the golf course all over the place. Uh, not the little deer that we have in Big Pine, uh, nor the big deer we normally see, sort of in between. Interesting place. In any event, uh, I drove it. I must tell you, it was absolutely beautiful. And by the way, the road, the roads now closed down uh, because last week they had a, you know how horses slide down? Well, it got washed out because of a winter storm. They don't have snow, they just have rain. It got washed out because of a winter storm. And it's going to take a long time for the road to be repaired. But I got to tell you, I enjoyed the drive. I found it beautiful, relaxing, stimulating. There was only one thing missing. And you can appreciate the type of drive this is. I felt bad that I didn't have my wife with me. It's the type of drive you should take with someone you're in love with. Because the view lends itself to that atmosphere. Want to talk about Proud Boys. Proud Boys is one of those terrorist groups that's developed in this country, one of the more powerful ones. I think they are considered amongst the top three. Well, uh, about 10 days ago, they turned on Donald Trump. The, Donald Trump supports these people. He supports all of these terrorist groups. These are white supremacists. He turned, the uh, Proud Boys turned on him. They, they said he was fleckless, whatever that means, he was fleckless. And it's interesting. Trump thought he was using them, Proud Boys and everybody else. Before we're done, all of these organizations, or most of them, will turn on Trump. Trump got used here, and he deserves it. There is a, um, we're at the stage of the vaccine with coronavirus, and this is all a step at a time to get rid of coronavirus, to kill the virus. And you've heard this before. We are in a war with coronavirus. One we were losing, now we're starting to win because we have the vaccine. Uh, 
having the vaccine, you got to put it in the, its proper perspective, its place in the operation. I consider this a war. I consider the vaccine to be comparable, okay, to the British victory at El Alamein in World War II. Churchill, uh, the, the British got the hell knocked out of them the first two or three years of the, of the war. They got the hell knocked out of them while they were in North Africa in the desert. Uh, it was Rommel and his tanks. But finally came the Battle of El Alamein, and the British won the big battle of El Alamein. Not only beat the German tanks, they beat, the Gen- beat General Rommel. Uh, Churchill made a speech afterwards uh, in November 42, following uh, the Britain's defeat of Germany. He said, and I quote, the victory was not the end. It is not the beginning of the end. It is perhaps the end of the beginning. I will say it again for you. Listen to the words. The victory was not the end. It is not the beginning of the end. It is perhaps the end of the beginning. The vaccine, my friends, is not the end of our problem. It is not the beginning of the end. It is perhaps the end of the beginning. That is where we are. Now, do you recall, you have to be old like me, Porky Pig. Remember him? Seniors will, those much younger perhaps not. Anyhow, each, uh, each Porky Pig, we watched him every Saturday when we were kids. We went to the movies, and they always had a cartoon at the end, and generally it was Porky Pig. Porky Pig's cartoons ended with Porky waving goodbye and saying, that's all, folks. So I thought tonight I'd say, that's all, folks. And you can see I find it humorous. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the show tonight. I look forward to being with you again next week. In the meantime, as I say every week, read my blog, please, tomorrow morning, keywestlu.com. Thank you for joining me. I'll be with you again next week.